0: Today in Canadian History for February 18th, I'm Mark Affeld. On this day back in the year 1900, Canadian and British soldiers launched an unsuccessful attack on Boer soldiers during the Second Boer War. The attack, which left 280 British and Canadian soldiers dead and would come to be referred to as Bloody Sunday, was part of the Battle of Partyburg. Eventually after a few weeks of fighting, the British and Canadian soldiers would force the Boers to surrender. Now, it would be reasonable to assume that not many Canadians are familiar with the Battle of Partyburg. What is amazing is that prior to later battles, such as the Somme, Vimy Ridge, or Ypres, Partyburg was Canada's shining military moment. In fact, for a few years, Partyburg had a day and eventually a week of remembrance all across Canada. To learn more, I spoke with Professor Emeritus at McGill University, as well as author of Canada's Little War, Fighting for the British Empire in Southern Africa, 1899-1902, Dr. Carmen Miller.
1: There had been two battles, and they're often confused. The first one took place on the 18th of February, called Bloody Sunday, in which the British uh, led uh, their troops into a bit of a trap. And... Canadians had fought and had incurred very, very serious um, uh, casualties. Uh, and after that battle, the Boers entrenched, and the strategy of the British was to surround them and starve them out. So after nine days, they realized the Boers were both ready to surrender, and they decided to launch a final night attack and it was the Canadians turn to be on the front lines and and so they started the attack about 2 o'clock in the morning and for some reason uh, some noise alerted the Boers and there was an exchange of fire the six Canadian companies of the six Canadian companies in the front lines four of them fled back to the trenches two had nowhere to go and stayed and fired. And by six o'clock, the Boers, when it became light, the Boers had had enough. They were in, in dreadful conditions, and they surrendered. Uh, and uh, immediately, Canada, or the Canadians, were credited with, with the surrender to 5,000 Boer troops. Headed by the the Lion of Africa, and so when Robert sent back the the news to the British Parliament to the Queen, they all you know celebrated this sent messages, congratulations, and the Canadians at the time, when you read their diaries, they were slightly embarrassed by the attention they got, but soon they began to believe the myth, and it grew into one of the marvelous myths. Um, As I say, it's no discredit to the Canadian fighting, but the fact is that it became a a kind of symbol. And it was a symbol, like a lot of symbols that could be used by anyone. The imperialists, the people who wanted wanted closer ties with the empire, gave it an example of how the empire saved Britain's honor. And this all proved the importance of imperialism, To Canadian nationalists, it proved that the British had the Canadians had a particular fighting style uh, that it proved the importance of 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 Canada Uh, and and so one of one of the strengths of any symbol is is if you can see yourself in it and if you can reflect the diversity of uh, a community in a symbol, it becomes very popular. Well, one of the things I find very interesting is that few people today probably realize how important the Partyberg was at one time, particularly before the Great War. I mean, there used to be a Partyberg day. Uh, Veterans would have... Typically, uh, a banquet uh, and various places across the country. There would be a parade, a kind of proto Remembrance Day. it sort of anticipated Remembrance Day. And then, in as the decade before the First World War proceeded, there was a Partyburg Week uh, in in Ottawa, where all the military groups met for their annual convention and. Uh, they did a lot of things, uh, and then at one point was even there was even a Partyburg Day celebration in Australia. There was an attempt to export it as a as a great imperial event. So I think a lot of people don't realize how important it once was as a symbol of something. I mean, that's that's the importance of these things. Why were they established? What what point did they did they serve? Uh, and uh, then of course it more or less died except that the Royal Canadian Regiment of Infantry, which was the unit engaged in the battle continues to celebrate uh, Burg Day with a great mess dinner, often a speaker remembering their own uh, regimental history <laughs>
0: Today is a day full of Canadian history. On February 18, 1980, Pierre Elliott Trudeau returned to the Prime Minister's office. Interestingly enough, Trudeau returned to office despite there not being one liberal riding west of Manitoba. Trudeau remained in power until 1983. And John Babcock, Canada's last known surviving veteran of the First World War, passed away at the age of 109 on this day back in 2010. And as always, we aired this episode of Today in Canadian History.
1: Today in Canadian History is produced by CJSW 90.9 FM. The executive producers are Joe Brima and Mark Affeld. Original music is produced by the Fisk, Fletcher, and May Trio. For more information on the series or to recommend an event or moment, check out our website at CJSW.com/slash today in Canadian History.
0: And once again it's Canadian quiz time. Can you name Canada's tallest mountain? At 5,959 meters, located in Yukon Territory, Mount Logan is the tallest mountain in Canada. And apparently, based on the tectonic movements at Mount Logan, it's actually growing.